everyone, welcome back to the Learn to Code podcast. Today I want to talk about uh, what to do after you learn the you learn the basics of uh, programming language. Um, sometimes uh, I get carried away buying courses, and I already have a long list of courses that I haven't even uh, opened up once yet. So it, my backlog of uh, unwatch uh, courses. Um, is more in line with my my Steam backlog in the sense that I do have a lot of courses that I haven't even opened yet. And this happens because when uh, when I am uh, enrolling into a new uh, job, into a new assignment or project, uh, what I do basically is um, research or ask around and basically get the answer to this question. Uh, what's the technology that I'm going to be using the most for this position? And from time to time, I get one, two, maybe three. On this job, I got uh, at least four. Um, so one is SQL. So okay, I guess I'm covered I'm cover there, no problem. Uh, the next one is Power BI. I had very little experience with Power BI as a user. And I understand that that's not a development tool, but it's basically a tool from Microsoft that allows me to gather data from uh, SQL, Microsoft SQL Server uh, databases, gather data from there, and build dashboards. Basically, a dashboard is this um, uh, live re- graphical representation of the data that you can uh, just keep running and it's going to auto-update itself. So that's basically the idea behind a dashboard. In this case, Power BI, it's going to be working as a dynamic uh, report or a visual graphic or something, basically a, dash- a dashboard. And I'm going to be using that. So I bought a Udemy course about Power BI uh, from the team of Maximilian Schwarzmuller uh, on Udemy. Uh, I don't remember the name of the course right now, but to gather it well. That's one. The next technology is Informatica. And I've been learning Informatica beforehand. Uh, I've been taking a, a course on Udemy and another one on my uh, on my employer website. I've been working on that. Informatica, in my opinion, seems like a very old uh, ETL software that, uh, because it feels like it. Uh, installation is really hard. It's very dependent on the version of uh, the database you're using and what database you are using because uh, Informatica itself does not store data uh, even for his own use. Uh, you need to configure a third-party database. And I believe that Informatica belongs to Oracle or something because um, it does have integration with Oracle databases and Java. So probably there is, a, and the, the, the graphical appeal of the app uh, comes in line with the, with the 2000s uh, graphical unit interfaces designed by Oracle. So, uh, you know, your Toad uh, and many other software coming from or related to Oracle, uh, you know, like uh, these windows with a thousand little buttons and indicators. Uh, nobody really knows what they mean until they need to interact with them. So Informatica, ETL tool, that's the next one. I've been doing some progress with that one. So I not in the, I managed to install Informatica in my personal computer. So I can do exercises, examples, and do basically... Uh, the the mappings and the workflows uh, in my own computer 
and I've been working on that. So that's the, the second, I think, no, the third one. And the fourth one and the last one is the IBM Cognos uh, application, which is basically another dashboard reporting uh, utility that allows you to compose reports from datasets, uh, especially connecting to the DB2, IBM DB2 databases. And it's a reporting utility, really. It does have a cloud version now, so I wonder if I'm going to be using that. Um, I haven't confirmed if that's going to be the case or if I'm going to be using the oldest, uh, probably discontinued um, desktop application version, but I don't know. So I got another course on that one. So I bought a lot of courses today. Um, and there are, well, there are some things that I want to do, but... Uh, Maybe I should stop buying courses because uh, when I begin buying courses on Udemy, uh, I say, okay, I'm going to be learning all of this. Oh my God, this course is amazing. I'm going to be watching this. I buy a, I buy a course and I didn't touch the course in like a year, for example, or more. So uh, I, for example, I bought a lot of AWS courses, that's Amazon Web Services. And those are sitting around for like uh, 10 months, or close to a year, some of them. And I got like eight courses on AWS alone. That's the, that's, that's the thing. It's not just buying the course. I need to invest myself into the idea of watching and uh, basically um, not just watching the course because I'm not watching a, a TV series or anime series or a movie. Uh, I need to watch the course and put my attention into it and do the exercises because I'm not entertaining myself. When you are watching a course, you are acquiring a skill. And especially when you are buying courses, um, there is nobody there besides uh, what the teacher is teaching you. And if you have a question, you either roll back the video a little bit or play back uh, the video again from the start, or you need to Google about it. Uh, so far, I haven't needed to do any of that for quite a while. Um, but obviously, I'm not... Uh, researching anything other than what's inside the course itself because sometimes I don't really know what's out there. For example, when I was uh, watching the Python course, uh, the, the Ultimate Python course is 2022, and um, I was watching that course, uh, but the truth is that uh, many things regarding, for example, uh, web development, the teacher mentioned Django, but uh, he didn't actually develop a Django website. We were working with Flask. Another example is uh, during unit test, and I'm very interested in unit testing for and test-driven development for Python. And on that course, uh, he mentions PyTest, but he doesn't do anything with it. We just uh, do, I guess his approach, his strategy is to um, touch a lot of subjects r r surrounding Python itself um, and just uh, overview the libraries required to uh, basically the, the the easiest tools to do whatever objective he's looking forward. That's the, that's the tool that he's going to use. In this case, Flask is easier to learn and manage than Django, but uh, less powerful and very hard to use with big projects. On the other hand, unit test library is great. It's already installed on Python and you can use, and you may use it out of the box when you're toying around with Python. But the truth is that uh, PyTest has uh, better utility um, has uh, um, better ways to assert stuff, 
And it's a, I think it's a, an overall improvement over the basic unit test library, which is doing a great job. I've been writing tests with unit tests only, and I've been doing a great job with that. But PyTest is, is, is a superior product, if I had to, to say it somehow. Um, but I didn't learn it correctly, so I'm not using it yet. Uh, I bought a course on PyTest that I was disappointed on. It's, it was more like a tutorial rather than a course. And I pay for that, so that was a, disappo a big disappointment. But anyway, the thing is, PyTest um, uh, is a tool that I didn't know existed, really, until it was presented to me. And it's basically when you are on, on a course about anything in software development, and you reach the point where, well, I want to make use of databases and store my data and have my data be uh, permanent somewhere, you know? either by saving it into a file, a text file, or storing the data in a structured manner inside a, a relational database, or maybe a document database, an object database. But the thing is when you reach that point and you begin asking questions, uh, most people, most neophytes are going to be asking the wrong questions. How do I save uh, this file inside an SQL database, for example? Or how do I save this file in a Redis database or a Oracle database, or MySQL database, or whatever database. And they believe or want to believe that the storing data inside a database is easy because uh, up until that point, everything has been more or less uh, easy and the complex stuff is related to whatever programming language they are using to build whatever software they are building. But the truth is that when most people reach uh, either databases or web or internet communication or network communication, those subjects seems to be like a way too big to be condensed in a in a satisfactory manner or fashion. So we see all of these web projects that seem to be really uh, really beautiful uh, in the in the graphic user interface side, but when uh, you are dealing with uh, okay, now we are going to be saving actual data and we want to be able to gather that data really quick and, and do complex stuff with the data. And that's where a single section on how to store your data into SQL doesn't cut it anymore. And you may actually need to learn how to model your own databases, how to write queries, how to write stored procedures or stored functions. And then you realize why uh, we specialize in fields. We basically become the database guy or the front-end guy or the back-end guy and we, st we stay stuck or, or true to, to a stack, basically. So if I'm working with my Microsoft SQL Server, maybe I want to remain working as a Microsoft SQL Server. So you are not really a database engineer. You are an actual uh, Microsoft SQL server engineer maybe so you work just with one tool and you condemn yourself to not be able to switch it off switch it on change um, the database engine or move to another project so um i'm going to be learning uh, a lot of technologies but my strategy is going to be very simple you focus on one course at a time on one skill at a time in my case it's going to be informatica i'm working on uh, the courses they gave me, but um, I'm planning, starting tomorrow, I'm planning on at least giving uh, one hour of informatica training 
and then move on to the actual courses that they demand me to learn. And after the day is over, I'm going to be back at programming with Python and practicing unit tests with Python because um, I really need more practice writing tests in Python. And I really want to get the hang of the PyTest library. And since um, I am, and there is a YouTuber that I don't remember her name right now. Oh my God. I think it's called the Simpler, Simple Python or something like that. It's a, it's a woman. I don't think she's American because her English is really weird. Uh, but I believe that um, she's really good. She just released um, a video. Really, let me see if I get that. But anyway, uh, the thing is that um, she presented me uh, with something called the Kinter or something like that. It's a, it's a graphic user interface library for Python. You can build desktop applications with that library. And it's already pre-installed. It comes with Python itself. And that's amazing to me because uh, if you go to Java, for example, there is um, there are graphical libraries that are really obsolete in today's standards. And, and those graphical libraries don't even come with Java or are supported by Java. Most of them are abandonware. And it seems amazing to me that uh, this graphical user interface library comes embedded or included with uh, Python. So I'm going to be learning the Kinter first. I believe it's, uh, it's pretty much like uh, the unit test uh, library for Python in the sense that this is the simplest thing you can use for creating graphical user interfaces. And it comes with Python already, so why not learn it anyway? And I believe that this week I'm going to be focusing on that after I finish my unit test training. I think tomorrow I'm going to begin learning TechInter. Um, I'm going to be maybe not buying a course about that because I don't really have more time for more courses, but, uh, but at least I want to learn how to create simple graphical interfaces and probably uh, make use of file uh, interaction with Python. It's really cool to create, let's say, uh, a script in Python that uh, merges two PDFs, for example, and that's great. Or, or the script that allows you to add a watermark to PDF files, um, or rotate PDF files, or do a lot of stuff with PDF files. But the truth is that uh, doing all of that in command line interface is getting tiresome. You need to find the appropriate uh, Python file to execute, need to pass, to pass uh, attributes somehow, and um, uh, I am a fan of terminal command line interfaces, but uh, I want to something with my mouse, you know, uh, open a window, ex uh, search or browse the file system with Windows or, or with uh, Linux or Mac OS X. I think it's a multi-platform uh, graphical user interface library, I think. But um, I want to open a window, select a file, a PDF file basically, and select another file and merge those two files into one big PDF file. And who knows, maybe I'm going to figure it out. What else can I do with PDF files and make this PDF tool even uh, more versatile? Basically, a front-end uh, application that allows me to call really easily uh, all of these uh, library methods and attributes, you know? And uh, I don't, I'm not planning on building a professional tool 
uh, what I'm planning to do is to build micro apps that just do one thing. Uh, they do one thing and one thing alone and and I want them to do it really good. For example, the PDF merger, that could be an idea. But one of the things I really want to build for myself is uh, a Twitter, uh, either a Twitter bot or a Twitter tool that allows me to automate a lot of things with Twitter. For example, I may like to create um, a bot that likes, um, uh, let's say that I choose or create a list of my favorite uh, Twitter users. So maybe I may like to auto-like uh, some or all of their tweets, for example. If somebody I like and I trust uh, tweets something and I'm not awake or I'm not watching the app at the moment, I may like my bot to detect the new tweet and cast a like or cast a retweet, something like that. Uh, maybe I want, one thing that I definitely going to do first is, uh, create a bot that allows my account to tweet a Python joke twice a day. Uh, I found um, a library called PyJokes that allows me to basically print out or get uh, Python jokes or jokes in general in several languages actually. So I want to create a bot that allows me to tweet jokes twice a day, why not? Another thing that I may like to do with a Twitter bot or tweet application is to rank Twitter users and analyze their reach, basically. Uh, if I have a list of friends or a list of Twitter users, maybe I can type down the name of a Twitter user and, uh, I, I don't know, rank them according to tweets, retweets, comments, or something like that. Maybe that's more complicated now that I am actually describing it. Uh, but well, there is a lot of things that you can do on Twitter and having access to the API is, uh, is great help. And I've been doing uh, very simple exercises with the API. And the new version 2 is out now. It's out of the uh, alpha stage. So it's released. And uh, I want to be working with that because it's pretty recent. Uh, it's not even a month. Or so uh, I want to be creating graphical um, applications that anyone can open, log in with, uh, with his or her uh, Twitter account, and maybe do the same without the need to learning how to code in Python. Because even if I do all the work and code in Python, this person that wants to use my application or my command line application or my library, uh, that person needs to know one, uh, Python. And second, in the, they need to have Python installed with all the requirements required for, for running Python applications, all in libraries maybe. And you know, so it's getting complex. It's getting complicated for regular people to use my libraries, let's say. Um, so why not simplifying everything, creating a graphical user interface, uh, and with the click of a button, you can just uh, log in with your account and do all this stuff. I don't know. I think that that's going to be like a little fun project. My first project is going to be, or my first objective within the Twitter project bot is going to be to tweet a joke twice a day. In a graphical uh, user interface, I can set up the the my account credentials there, log in, uh, write down the jokes, or just gather random jokes from a library or maybe chose the, the jokes from a text file maybe, um, 
and basically uh, twi uh, tweet twice a day. Generate a, a joke and tweet that joke twice a day. Another thing that I could do is auto maybe automatically um, retweet somebody else or comment on somebody else's tweet with a predefined text, obviously. Because um, uh, I, I think that if I try to actually uh, uh, respond dynamically to somebody else's uh, tweet, uh, well, I don't think that I am still ready, or the or Python is going to be uh, is going to allow me to basically analyze the tweet, what it's saying, the context, etc., and respond like a human being. I don't think so. But we're getting there, definitely. Well, I've been uh, rambling for 24 minutes already. Thank you for coming in. If you indeed are, and see you tomorrow.